Hi, my name is Michael Frank, and this is the Prefab Pod presented by Prefab Review, where we interview leading people and companies in the prefab housing industry to learn more about them and make it easier to make the best decision about your prefab or modular project. Today, we're speaking with Brian Kuzdis of S2A Modular. Um, welcome, Brian. Well, thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks for being here. Um, it'd be great to just hear a little bit about your background and uh, what led you to start a uh, new modular home company. Wow. Well, I don't know how detailed I should get on this, but uh, well, I'm 55 years of age today. So, so happy I'm, birthday. Well, not today. Today, I'm saying uh, you know I live. I uh, yeah, I'm I'm 55, soon to be 56 in a few months. But um, I've had a storied career that's led me up to this moment. So maybe I should give you the first two minutes of a little of my background. Uh, I, I got involved in real estate in uh, 1985. Uh, I got involved in commercial real estate as a, a broker. So I did brokerage for about 12 years uh, on the commercial side of the fence. And by the way, I was born and raised in Chicago. Although you and I are talking, I, I sit here in Palo Alto, California now. So I'm a Chicago guy, born and raised there. 1985, I get my real estate license. And I did commercial real estate for about 12 years. And then in 1997, I started buying apartment buildings to convert to condos. So I don't know if your audience knows anything about condo conversions, but uh, after the success of our first one in 1997, I started buying more and more apartments. And so by 2007, uh, 10 years later, I had purchased a total of about 4,000 apartments and converted them all to condos. Uh, at peak, we had our name on the right field wall of the Chicago White Sox. Uh, we had our name in Wrigley Field, home of the Cubs. We had billboards all over Chicago, about 200 employees, and just uh, kicking it out, you know, just really taking over that, that uh, uh, part of the industry. And then 2007 hit. <laughs> it was the crash for all of us, and Chicago was pretty brutal, and, and uh, we went quickly from 200 employees down to 12 in the course of about 30 months. So by 2007, eight, nine in that era, we were scrambling. You, you, you couldn't buy a, a building, fix it up and sell it, and sell it retail. The wholesale market had come into play. And so it just, it was a crazy time. So we shifted into uh, auctions, believe it or not. We were, we started to help banks liquidate their properties uh, that they had taken over uh, through uh, the auction process. So fell in love with auctions. I bought the domain realestateauctions.com, which we still own today. And we, uh, we started doing auctions not only in Chicago, but we started expanding outside of the Chicago area. Florida was the first state and then California. And by 2010, we decided that it was a time to really seriously look at, at doing expansion across the United States. So by 2012, we had moved the corporate office from Chicago to Palo Alto, California. So in August of 2012, that's going to be my seven-year anniversary next month. Uh, basically, uh, been here in California for about seven years now. So we continued doing auctions. We built it to about 15 states, and then by 2017... I started to, though, though we were cash flowing and making some, uh, some sizable money in the auction game, it, it really wasn't the same kind of money that we made when we were doing acquisitions. So we shifted and started building acquisitions again in 2017, uh, putting the auction process somewhat on hold. Uh, we bought a couple properties in LA County, fixed them up, uh, bought a, a property in, in uh, Tucson, Arizona, uh, it's RV Park that we're working on. 
uh, bought a home in Palo Alto, knocked that down, and now we're building a traditional stick-built home. And then about a year ago, I, I uh, got a call from a lady. Her name was Daniela, in our, our, uh, uh, one of our directors in our company. And she said, hey, I found a home in La Jolla, California, for the, your listeners that don't know La Jolla. It's right above San Diego. And she said, we can knock this down and put up a traditional stick-built home and make about 20% return on it, or we can knock it down and build a modular home and make a 30% return. And I, I said, you know, my first gut reaction was kind of negative. <laughs> I thought, well, wait a minute, you know, we, we're building it in La Jolla. It's an upscale area. It's, it's on the ocean and it's just kind of high end. And, you know, modular is, is cheap. It's boxy. It's not customizable. And she goes, no, 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 no. You're, you're thinking of manufactured. It's, it's modular. Modular goes into a foundation. It's permanent. It's stronger construction than, than uh, 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 regular traditional stick built. So I was clueless. I, I, literally a year and let's call it 15, 18 months ago, I, I didn't really understand the differences. I'd never been in the, in the business to build modular or, or manufactured homes. So that was the beginning. I, I ended up, um, I flew down to San Diego. I bought the lot. And then uh, after I, I she, she had me go to a place in Southern California to meet with the guy that was proposing building a modular home. And I sat in his office for about two hours and I was spellbound. I was just amazed at all the advantages of modular construction. And I, I got it. I mean, 15, 20 minutes into the conversation, I pretty much got it. And then at the very end, what changed uh, my, my direction, my life, is uh, he said to me, how many homes are you building this year? And I said, well, you know, we've done five projects over the last five quarters. I think we're going to do maybe one a month now. And, and we're scaling it just like I scaled the condo conversion business. And I said, I think we're going to do about 500 homes over the next five years. And he goes, you know what? You're going to have to meet a friend of mine, John Rowland. John Rowland, uh, who is now my partner. John Rowland just entitled and permitted 72 homes to build in Southern California, and he cannot find a factory. He wants to build a modular, and he wants to integrate it with, uh, with uh, the Tesla Powerwall battery and a bunch of renewable energy smart home components that make up net zero real estate. And we can talk a little bit about what those terms are in a second, but he said he can't find a factory anywhere in California that would build with the, the components that he needs. So he's looking to build a factory. So I said, okay, uh, I'll, I'll meet with him. From my side of the fence, I've always had construction uh, challenges. Whenever you scale and you build a, a lot, your first guy who you start working with works out great. But then the second contractor, sometimes they don't do as well. Sometimes they go dark on you. Sometimes their prices go up. It's just to, if you're going to scale and build a lot of homes, it's just smart to, uh, to really control that side of the fence. So uh, I met with John and it was a match made in heaven. Uh, I'm 55. He's 48. Uh, he's been in construction for his whole life. Um, I've been doing the same thing. We're both all in. And he said, hey, I, I need to get a factory up. And I want to do this modular and I'm looking for a partner. And I said, well, I'd love to, uh, to do this. I, I, I get what, what this whole thing is about. And, and, uh, and then that's how it all started. Uh, we shook hands, agreed, and now, uh, we're, we're building a factory. <laughs> so it was, it was an amazing, you know, how branches of life go, but that's how it all started. I'm sorry. I'm a I got a little winded there, but no, that, yeah, that, that's, that's how it all started.
That's really interesting. Um, and I want to come back to uh, what you said about not being able to find a factory, just because I'm, I mean, I, I off the top of my head know a few um, in that area of the world. So I'm interested in sort of what you were looking for that wasn't available. But uh, before we get to that, let's, uh, let's jump into, okay, so what is, what is S um, to a, is it S squared modular or S to a modular? It's squared. And okay. so S to a is sort of S a stands for sustainability advanced to a higher power, you know, to a higher level. It's really, we're integrating not only, you know, the modular concept of building and all the advantages to that, but all the renewable energy, smart home technology that's in the, in the marketplace today and building homes that are, are, are sustainable and that's zero real estate. Got it. So, so where, so where are you at um, on this journey right now? Wow. So where are we at? Uh, can you define that a little better? Uh, yeah. Little, so yeah. Um, is is the factory close to being built? Uh, when do you plan to ship houses? Yeah. Just what's the product line that you're actually more specifically offering to um, potential clients, et cetera? Sure. So when John and I shook hands back in June of 2018, it's been a full year now. It's been a, just a, a whirlwind of, of, uh, of progression. Uh, it started out, we locked up some land uh, that we had to entitle and, and permit. Uh, that process uh, took us a good solid year. Uh, the factory, it, the land is in Hemet, California. For all of you that don't know where that is, that's Hemet, H-E-M-E-T, it's just west of Palm Springs, which is a real good anchor. A lot of people know where Palm Springs is. So it's about, I'd say, 50 minutes west of Palm Springs. So that land is now permitted to build a factory on. Uh, the, we've broken ground. We basically uh, should have the factory actually producing modules by November 15th, in that range, November 1st to, uh, to December 1st. So that's where the factory's at in, in terms of, of that. From the time that we started, June till today, we've taken on about 355 units to build, homes slash uh, units, whether they're apartments, commercial mixed use, uh, hospitality. Uh, we're, we're doing it all. We're, we're doing commercial and residential simultaneously. So right now we've got, there's, there's two things. There's contracts, which are signed contracts with money in your, in the, in the bank, you know, real contracts. And then there's pipeline of people that we're negotiating with that, you know, Hey, Brian, I've got 22 homes I want to build in, in Berkeley, you know, California or whatever that that's called pipeline. So yeah, we've got 355 uh, homes under contract and about 3000 units in the pipeline that we're in negotiations with. So it's, it's going nuts right now. Got it. So this is from developers. All uh, mom and pops, uh, people that are, are looking to buy their, their first modular home, uh, all the way to uh, companies that are, are building for their employees, to entities uh, that want to build subdivisions. Uh, it's it's all, all over the place. Got it. Cool. Um, so let's... Uh, so well, one question I had um, from what you were saying before is, so I know of... I think like just off the top of my head, right? Like plant prefab has a factory pretty close to where you guys are talking about. I think Dvel has a factory pretty close to where you're talking about. Um, why, why build another factory? Um, yeah. Like what, what, what were you looking for? 
from either a price or control or whatever standpoint that said, you know, I want to own this part of the process. Well, some of the factories that you've just mentioned, I don't really know a lot about. I don't know those CEOs and I, I you know, you hear of them. I know Amazon mm-hmm. invested in plant prefab and stuff like that. Yeah, you read these articles, but you don't really, really know unless you're face to face with the CEO. And even then, you don't, if they're, you don't know if they're telling you the truth. So you don't really, really know. I just focus in on our own, our, our own stuff. You know, from from my perspective, being age 55 and doing 4,000 condo conversions, it's great when you can control the th- that uh, vertical integrated piece of construction. You, know, you got to go out, buy the land. You got to entitle. You got to do all this stuff. You eventually have to build it. And when you build it after that, you have to sell it. So we've got all the pieces of the puzzle inside our, our, our company. What we lacked was the construction side. So from my perspective, I liked the idea of the control. You, you said that word, control. What, what can you control when you own your own factory and you're building a product out of it? You can control the quality. You can control the time that it takes. You control the pricing. So all these things are really important if you want to scale. If you want to do two, three, four homes a year and you're, you're one of those developers, you know, sort of like a mom and pop style developer, that's fine to use a plant prefab or some of these other factories. But if you're looking to take on the world and build sustainable houses where, you know, you want to change the housing crisis in, in California and make a dent, it's good to, to get going on, you know, get your own stuff going. So John is the same way. John, John Roland, uh, he and I, you know, being you know, the partners on this deal, he had a company just like I did that wanted to do, you know, I told you 72 homes. That's not, that's not his only development. He's got a number of them. So for him to the need to do it inside in, in a modular setting where he can move faster, uh, build it uh, uh, less expensive and control the quality was really important for him as well. So again, hopefully that answers your question. We just wanted more control. Got it. That makes sense. So now I'm talking about the offering a little bit. So just in terms of, I'm not sure if you know anything about our site, but uh, basically prefab review, we get, I don't know, tens of thousands of bars to our, uh, not bars, buyers to our site every month who are basically interested in uh, building uh, modular prefab homes, typically single family residential stuff, but there's some variance on that. Uh, and one of the things we try to provide for them, which is part of why we're talking is just kind of education about sort of the product lines where you, where you sit in the market. Um, so just with that lens, if I'm want to, you know, build a home on a lot, uh, what is, uh, what is that process like with you? Um, I see there are some, at least sort of images of kind of renderings of homes on your site. Do you have sort of pre-designed plans? Will it mostly be custom both? Um, yeah. And then uh, also when you were talking about control, are you really taking control of the entire process or is it you're sort of the manufacturer and then there's a local contractor who will also be hired to kind of finish the home, do the foundation, et cetera? Sure. Well, uh, it really depends on where it's being built, but I'm going to, uh, can I ask you, uh, um, and, and my apologies for maybe, you know, uh, asking this, uh, no, no, uh with, without, uh, prior, uh, uh, asking the question before we got online here, but, uh, where are you guys located? 
Well, so I personally am located in San Francisco, oh. but we have employees kind of across the country. Nice. And, uh, so, so you're San Francisco based. So we're neighbors. So Palo Alto is, exactly. uh, for all of you listening, uh, Palo Alto is literally about 45 minutes to 60 minutes uh, just south of San Francisco. So you and I are, are pretty much neighbors. Uh, exactly. So, so back to your question, if someone called and wanted to build a home in California, then we take care of everything A through Z. If someone wants to build a home outside of California, then we would integrate part of, of this process with maybe a local contractor. Uh, we would build and ship and so on. But so let, let me take the listeners through, through, through the steps. There's basically uh, seven and they're, they're pretty easy. The first is someone calls and says, hey, I, I'm looking to build a home on this lot. You really want to get a feasibility study done. Feasibility study, especially before you close on the lot. Because while it's in a, in a do, uh, deal pending uh, stage where you've locked the land up with a contract and you haven't closed on it yet, that's when you get the feasibility study done. It takes about two weeks and it allows the builder to go in and assess the land, the setbacks, height restrictions, permitting process, uh, the, the fees that, that are included with all of this stuff. It costs about $3,500 for a feasibility study for residential. And then after that's done... Um, it, it, after this two weeks, you get a big thick report and it says, yeah, we can build a, a, a 2,800 square foot home on this land. So, so, you know, you have the confidence before you close that this actually can be done. Um, so, so that's step one. If you go forward, that $3,500 goes into the construction budget and gets taken off. So you, you can always feel comfortable that you're just not, you know, uh, get in charge that kind of money. Now, if you don't go forward, then of course you paid 3,500 bucks for a feasibility study. That's how that goes. Next is design. So now we, we now know we can build a modular home, right? So the second is we have to design it. We've got an internal department that does modular design. Some of the people out there in the industry don't, you know, I mean, the, the guys that are building a modular home for the first time, they have never, um, they, they don't know that really from an architectural standpoint, it's smarter to just start the design process with a modular architect opposed to a traditional one. You can go to a traditional guy, but eventually after the plans are done, they have to go into a modular architect's hands to get finished off, to kind of put it in boxes, so to speak. So that's step two, is you want to have a design done. Now, people out there, if they've gone to a lot of modular sites and they see all these pretty designs and they want to plop one of those designs on their, uh, on their piece of land, that certainly can be done. But if you're thinking, can a, a modular home be customized? Answer is absolutely, absolutely. I bought a small little box of a piece of land in La Jolla, 3,600 square feet, ridiculously small for anybody that understands that, that number. And, you know, the report came back that we could build a 2,800 square foot home on that 3,600 square foot lot. So, you know, so that's feasibility. Then it goes into design. It can be completely custom. Third is we then go into a construction contract once we know the, what the design is going to be. Fourth is engineering. That's where you have to go through a permitting process, get all the civil engineering drawings together, the electrical, the structural, all that. All those those drawings then get put together and we go into a And you'll take process. care of the permitting. Absolutely. Yep. Now, most companies have bits and pieces of it. I don't know any company that does it A through Z, but after we get the permits, 
that's when we break ground or simultaneous, we call it on-site work while we're doing the modules. On-site work is foundations and your utility hookups and all of that while you're doing the modules in the factory. And then last is the site completion. You know, the last, the, the modules get shipped, they get put into a foundation, locked in, and then the last 10% is typically you're building materials around the modules and you're done. So it, that process a through Z, we do all of it if it's in California. We that, get calls every third hour from people all over the country, and then we hook up with either factories that, you know, friends of ours, partnerships that we've got across the country, and, and work with local contractors as well. But it's so if you're doing it in California, that means is it, do you have general contractors on staff and then they're hiring subs? Like, how to just I'm interested in how the dynamics of that work. Yes, we, there's really two companies under a parent company, and it's kind of how we, we perceive it, is you have the factory, which builds 90% of the, of the home, they build the modules, and then you've got the construction side. What does the construction side do? Well, they, they uh, do the foundation work, as I mentioned, they do the utilities, and then they get the, the land prepped. So then when the modules get shipped, and it would, that now the, the modules are on site, that construction company is uh, uh, making sure that it gets craned in place the right way and then bolted and then all the last of the 10% of the, the building materials. And that's the construction piece. So S2A Modular has both. We have the, the construction company and we have the factory, which is kind of a rare, rare uh, combination in this industry. I find that 95%, and I may be wrong on this statistic, so don't hold me to this, but I find that 95% of the modular companies you go to, uh, you know, website and you, you, you research them out, they don't own a factory. So they, they don't have that 90% of, of control. And then the guys that have a factory, I don't know how many of those actually have the construction piece in, in play. Very I, few have. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, we've, I think we have 200 reviews on our site of different modular and prefab companies. Uh, we've talked to pretty much all of them. Um, I would say, yeah, almost no, a lot. There's a lot of modular architects, as you said. There's a lot of modular factories. There's almost nobody who, like you guys, um, very frequently people will cover and do construction on areas that are very close to their factory. Um, if you guys are in fact covering all of California, I don't know of any companies that do all that and cover an area that, that, that wide. So that's awesome. Yes. And, and, and we don't, so today where it sits today is we go A through Z unless, uh, there is uh, scenarios where people want bits and pieces. So what I mean by that is we may get a call from Marriott today and they'll say, Hey, Brian, we, we want you to build 5,000 hotel units for us, but we have the construction piece. We've, we've got the, we just want you to put out the modules. That's it. Or developers. There may be developers online listening right now that say, you know, we've got the crew to do the foundations and stuff, but we'd love to be able to get these modules quick and cheaper and, and, and be able to scale and build more because we've got that piece in place. So we, we work and integrate with those guys. So there's guys sometimes in the, in the development process, we don't have to do A through Z because we actually partner with people that are already doing parts of this already, but you know, we can do both. That's awesome. So let's talk about pricing. Um, 
yeah, it looked like on your site you said the pricing. Yeah, or why don't you just tell me? Just because it struck me as incredibly low compared to at least what I see for like sort of other high end Bay Area um, prefab modular companies. So yeah, can you just let me know sort of what typical pricing might be for let's say let's let's call that you can tell me for wherever, but let's start with say like a you know two thousand three thousand square foot residence in Palo Alto or the Bay Area or you know, an expensive area in the country. Sure. Now I get this question every third hour as well, every day of my life. <laughs> so it, and, 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 and we can say on a flat lot, if that makes this easier. Sure. Sure. And, and what I was going to say to, you know, to the audience is this is such a, a case by case. Um, you know, you just threw out their flat lot, you know, and, you know, so, so there's all different lots that you build on. There's all different uh, zoning uh, regulations and there's so many, permitting fees from Palo Alto to San Francisco to, you know, Tucson, Arizona, there, there's just, there's a lot of differences from one lot to the next, but uh, let's, with all of that said, all the, with all the caveats and understanding this isn't a guarantee or anything. Yeah. Let's just go with what's an average. Okay. So there's really two companies there, you know, There's the construction side that I just talked about and there's the, the factory side. So when we build, let's call it a, on average, a 2,200 square foot home, Sure. We are going to charge about two hundred and fifty to two hundred and sixty dollars a square foot, all inclusive, other than the land. In other words, that takes care of the the foundation. It takes care of uh, now. Now, this would include high end materials. So it's your cherry wood uh, kitchen cabinets that have the the little glass doors, high end, not your IKEA cabinets. You know that this is the high-end materials that you would put in a Palo Alto. Home. I get it. This is your Viking ranges. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. That kind of stuff. So, so it's, it, and then it's also integrating, we stock uh, our homes with the Tesla Powerwall batteries, uh, solar panels, and uh, energy efficient components to make up net zero real estate. Right. So you, if you're listening. You technically have to as of next year, right? Yes, right. Exactly. So, so, so what that means is that, we are are spending some some really uh, quality money to make that happen, and that's stock in our homes, and it goes for about two fifty to two sixty dollars a square total. Now, um, it, it, does it have to be uh, that uh, number? No, there are sometimes contractors will say, "Hey, right, we just want to do the the modules. We don't want you to do any of that other stuff. Just get them to the site and." And then, then I would say that that number would probably be more like 145 to 165 dollars a square foot because we're not doing all the other stuff. So it's kind of a, about 165 for the module, and maybe 90 dollars a square for the construction, up to 100 dollars a square for the construction piece. So put them together. We do A through Z and do all the permitting and stuff for you. The the uh, design the architectural work all of that's lumped together right, so yeah, including it, soft costs you're at like it does yeah 250 260 have we ever done it for 180 to 200 of course yeah i mean we're taking all of that those pretty uh bells and whistles out you know we can do that strip it down make it you know pretty instead of high end average end and and you're gonna you can bring that down so it really be depends on the customer as, as we and and the town that they're building in 
we went into Fremont and all of a sudden we found the Fremont, Fremont, California. It's at East Bay for those of yeah. you that don't know. Yeah. That, you know, all of a sudden we were, you know, this gets hit with this uh, number and this number a little different than the town right next to it called Union City. So you, you, it's really case by case, guys, but it's about 250 to 260 uh, total. Got it. That's, I mean, quite honestly, that's like almost shockingly low to me um, for that level. So typically, I would say most high end come because again, we we deal with whatever. We help buyers with a couple hundred projects a month. Um, we typically see like high end building in the Bay Area at four fifty plus, um, and we we typically see the cost of, mod- of modules at like two hundred, but then we see much higher site cost than you. So if you guys are in fact able to do it at that price. That's awesome, particularly because a lot of these areas we're talking about, you know, we're talking about like 800 to 800 plus on the, uh, uh, you know, after building or after repair value of these homes. So that's cool. Well, Uh, yeah. And and I'll just kind of add a little bit to it is, you know, the philosophy of S2A isn't to make a million dollars on every build. It's mm -hmm. just to build a lot to, to really, you know, our mission is, is at the end of this is, you know, to have things that do something that books are written about, you know, let's, let's resolve the California housing crisis. There was some, some odd ball thing that came on the radio about a week ago that just stopped me in my tracks. And I, I wish I, I remembered the university that they were, were doing this, but they were voting. They were voting on, could the students that were homeless, that were living in cars stay in the parking lot of this university. I don't know if it was Cal Berkeley. It was, it was a, a very big school here in Northern Cal. I thought it was Northern California because it was on the radio here. And I just, I, I stopped it. My, you know, just sort of shockingly, there are so many people living in cars, you know, cars, these 22 year old kids. And it's it, it, the housing crisis is so crazy. And you know, from our perspective, S2A, what we're really looking to do here is to get people into homes that they can afford, you know, low down payments that they can at least get into home ownership. The houses don't have to be mansions. They could be 800 to 1100 square feet, but sustainable net zero real estate, low down payments and something that they can afford, that they can own, they can live in and do thousands, if not tens of thousands of these homes. We're not looking to make a killing on every home. Just do it where you can do it, where it's it's affordable, affordable and good quality stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're uh, and, and we can do it for the price we just talked about, $250, 260 That's awesome. Um, okay, so last couple questions about S2A. Um, one is uh, how many homes are you expecting to build? Let's just let's just call it 2020 um, at, at like a year, like let's say in your first year. Um, my guess, if I, I was to have a, a, a meeting with you Christmas of 2020, uh, I'd put a bet that we, we will have built a thousand homes in 2020, if not 1,500 to 2,000. So my guess is it would range between a thousand to 2,000. With the orders that we've got now, I expect that by Christmas we'll have 2,000 homes to build, which is about the capacity of our first factory to, to be able to do 2000 homes a year. We are right now in negotiations for a second factory as we speak today for Northern California. So I don't know when that's going to get up. And and my, my guess is that we're going to be building out of that second factory in the middle of 2020, maybe June, July, August of next year. So I don't know, but 
I would, I would, I would say that range, Michael. Uh, one to That's two cool. Yeah. And are and last question. Are you so are you, are you guys? So it sounded like you sort of got into this um, from being a developer, and now, now, now you're sort of more of a right. Like now you're sort of a different part of the ecosystem. Are you still uh, developing stuff yourself? Or are you completely focused on uh, you know the whatever the manufacturing and construction and design piece? Yeah, it's a great, great question. It's very insightful. Uh, my answer is both. Um, John and I uh, are have not only uh, you know recognized what's in front of us as this being a, a multi-billion-dollar uh, company um, on its own, you know, just from from the orders from the general public. But John and I have also stepped up and started to. Um, I, you, your, your listening audience might have heard, but there's something called opportunity zones where you can buy in, on, on land and the, the government gives you great tax incentives. Uh, we put together very large funds to build property on those opportunity zones. So as a sort of a side note, John and I are able to build thousands of homes as well through our own development companies that all run through us two way simultaneously in addition to the general public. So we're doing both, Michael. That's cool. What typically those are, I don't know what the politically correct is, let's say emerging or traditionally disenfranchised areas. Um, what, uh, what geographies are you targeting? Just curious. So, so opportunity zones uh, are, are, are all over the place. Uh, in California, there's 865 opportunity zones. And a lot of people think, you know, they, they are in areas that are, are less sought after so that it gives the incentive to build in these areas uh, and develop them. Um, but you, you, you would be amazed at really where they are. They're, they're also in Fremont and San Jose and parts of Redwood City, and, and they're all over the place. So, so we're building uh, uh, Northern California, Southern California, all over. Got it. Cool. Um, just so now want to quickly move to uh, a section we sort of that's a fire round so these are more general questions not per se about s2a um and you know if you can try to answer them in one minute or less okay uh all right so what should buyers keep in mind when they're evaluating a site um I would say that uh, depending on what their their dreams and wishes are for their family, um, the biggest thing is to get a feasibility study done so that um, a lot of people have moved forward with buying land first and then ask us to do a feasibility study. And when we come back and say we can't build a modular home on it for whatever reasons, they're screwed. They already own the land. So the biggest thing for me is always get the feasibility done first. Is that typically because of like slope or because you can't get a crane in? Uh, no. Well, it's for many reasons, but I'll give you the first one that happened about a week ago. Some lady wanted to build an ADU, an accessory dwelling unit behind her home. She had bought the, the piece of land and it was zoned residential, but the city of Fremont, oh, I shouldn't have said that, but the, okay. the, the city uh, changed the zoning over time. And she, she's on a main street and uh, she expected to be able to build an ADU. We came in there. And it turned out that um, we the zoning has changed. They don't. They won't allow it now. She was upset because she couldn't build this ADU, but 
what saved her is at least by having the feasibility study done and knowing this, she didn't go out and get an architect and start building, you know, spending money on, on architectural designs and permits and all that, and then find out at the end that she couldn't do it. So get the insurance policy first, get the feasibility study done first. Got it. Um, one of the things that we see as sort of interesting and challenging is what's the best way to finance um, a modular home? And I sort of say that two ways. One, what's the best way to finance? And two, have you seen ways of being able to finance both the land and the uh, home? Yes, absolutely. And uh, of course, it all be, uh, depends on the, the the credit worthiness of the buyer, you know, right? So it all starts there. But yeah, there's, there's you know, I will say this. It, when when you think of the modular industry versus the traditional, um, it, it's it's faster. We move faster. We can get a home done in three months opposed to 12, 15 months, right? So when you get a traditional lender that's not really used to modular, they, they do a construction loan for a year because that's how long it takes. You know, you got you and you get these little draws, these 12 draws over 12 months, first for your foundation, then a little bit for your framing all the way down to you've used the 12 months and the, the million bucks. But a modular, you have to go in and boom, you need a half a million right now because we're going to build it in six weeks and we're going to set it and get it done in another six. We're done in three months opposed to 12 to 15 months. There's not a lot of lenders that have quite caught up to that. So we, there, there's, there's, uh, they're out there. There's a, you know, certainly a handful that we use and we can get the job done. But for anybody that's frustrated, that's having a hard time, just contact us to a modular and we'll see what we can do to set you up with some lenders that we, we have in our pockets that we use consistently that can get the job done. Uh, okay. So two questions. So yes. one, um, if you don't mind mentioning, who are those? Lenders? I mean, again, we see a gazillion of them, uh, but like, Good. like, well, if you have a gazillion, you've got to, we got to talk offline. <laughs> we should talk, but, but it, but it's, it's very regional is the thing, right? So we see like local credit unions who do a really good job in Pennsylvania who don't serve, but like, for example, in Northern California, Umqua, for example. Yeah. U S bank is, is a good one. Prime lending is a good one to use. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, and then are you, are you seeing people, uh, so this is the most challenge, one of the most challenging questions we get all the time, which is how do you, so most of the lenders we see will not give you um, a loan on the land and the home before it's permitted. So what we frequently see is we see people either paying, buying lands in cash, or we see them doing land loans and then sort of doing the double close with a second construction loan at the top. Have you seen people, uh, have you figured out ways to avoid that problem for people? No, I, I we we haven't. That's really the typical. When you say to buy something before it's permanent, it's pretty tough. You know, you you don't or finance before it's permanent. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's kind of tough to do. And again, it's all based on the the credit uh, credit worthiness of the buyer. If they're strong candidates and they've got money in other uh, other places, you know, certainly the bank feels protected. So, uh, but no, that that's always going to be a challenge. Got it. Um, and then the last two questions, uh, or I guess we have a couple more questions. Uh, how, how, one of the things it sounds like if you're specializing in California that you have to be pretty aware of is the high fire risk in many of these areas. Um, what do you do specifically to mitigate that as much as possible? Well, uh, we're using materials that are fireproof. So we're building homes that are, are basically fireproof homes. Got it. Um, 
That's awesome. Um, this is really helpful. Final question. We ask this to everyone. Um, what are you most excited about for your company or for the industry for the uh, near future? Well, uh, you know, what, what uh, I immediately comes to my, my uh, front of my thoughts are the housing crisis. I've said it two or three times now, and I've got a 26-year-old son that there's no way that I could ever possibly um, get him to, to see how he could have ownership in California. Uh, it's tough. The prices are just too wacky. There's a book that I read recently that said that uh, the population of California is growing 180,000 units a year are needed to handle the population growth. And over the last 10 years, there hasn't been more than 100,000 units built in any given year over the last 10 years. And we need 180,000 every year. So it's getting worse and worse every year. I think what uh, John and I are probably most excited about is helping that cause, uh, getting uh, people to be able to own and not rent, own, have their own space, and uh, and make sure that not only is it a quality home, but it's a sustainable home where they don't have any electric bill uh, attached to it. So, uh, yeah, that that's it in a nutshell. I could go on and on with that answer, but that, I'd say that that's probably it. All right, Brian, thank you so much. Um, it's been great to learn more about what you're doing, and uh, I really look forward to uh, seeing it all develop. For those listening, if you want to learn more about S2A Modular, s2amodular.com is probably the... Uh, best place to um, find out. And uh, again, I'm Michael from uh, prefabreview.com as well. Thanks again, Brian. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it.